0: hey welcome to the street shots podcast we are the switch to manual guys i am antonio
1: and i'm tom and hello tom again how are you i'm good antonio how you doing trying to be brooklyn <laughs> i can't stop my brooklyn accent
0: yeah you can't well please do try now. <laughs> sorry <laughs> so this is episode 17 this is part Two of our great interview with Marco Larus from Hamburg, Germany. Our international photographer joining us tonight.
2: Well, welcome again, Marco. Thanks for having me on again.
0: Great to have you. I'm so happy that uh, and honored that you would be on our show. It was such a cool. Yeah, yeah. Thing to like order.
2: like like I said uh, uh, last time already. I th- I really like your show. I think you guys are doing a great job of um, teaching other photographers, some techniques, giving some insights, and maybe even starting up a conversation about uh, certain techniques and styles. So I think it's 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 a really good podcast, and I'm really happy that we can talk about photography and not so much about gear.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. And yeah, it's the whole thing is the love of photography. I mean, this is why we're doing it. We, we, we're sort of, I don't know, feel like I'm born into this and uh, as you were talking last week, how long you you 've been doing photography for uh, Marco and how long we 've all been doing, it and how we all sort of fell into into it in so many different directions and I like to think that people are listening that they 're all coming from different directions and 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 want to understand and share what what we 're all doing so this is a yeah. this is a great opportunity for us, and plus we have beers now
2: <laughs> okay exactly
0: <laughs> everybody pull out a beer or if you don 't you know drink, have a coffee, grab those beers because we 're about to get into uh, Part two of this conversation with Marco. So, Tom, why don't you? Uh... All
1: right. Yeah. Well, I'm. I was looking forward, Marco, to just delving into your body of work a little bit and having you share a little bit more about you know the the kinds of things that catch your eye when you're when you're out shooting. And I know Antonio and I have have each picked a few images that we really liked. One that that struck me was the it's kind of like an aerial view and there's a bus going by and on the back of the bus there's some eyes and it looks as if the, the eyes on the back of the bus are looking over to the right of the image where there's two people standing against a wall. And for me, I, I guess it, it's sort of captured that aspect of street p- photography with that is just the, the unexpected serendipity of just different things Happening all in one moment that you happen to see, and when you're there with your camera, it just it seemed like, yep, that was one of those moments.
2: Yeah, it's um, the poetry of the coincidence. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. beautiful!
1: Yeah. That's, that's the name of the episode. Yeah, okay. that, could, that could be a sure. nice title for a photo book, you know, yeah. yeah. Oh,
2: okay, let's erase this. Uh, I keep this no, I just... <laughs> no, that's no. yours, that's yours, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that was one of those moments. It's 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 hard to explain. Like I said last week, I didn't learn this. This just happened. It was um, inside of me and I just practiced and shot and looked at my pictures and looked for... Uh, first of all, I'm looking, I'm looking for a scene and, and later you'll see on the picture if you manage to tell that story that you saw uh, on the scene. And, and my my check is always my wife when I when I show her the picture I says, do you see it? And then she tells me what she sees. And if she doesn't see what I saw, I know, OK, scratch this picture it's <laughs> not working uh-huh. because we are <clears throat> so emotionally attached to our pictures. We saw we had the idea we saw it and we wanted to. Uh, we want others to see it, but sometimes it just doesn't happen because the other people were not there. So, but that was one of those pictures which worked really well. And I saw the eyes. <clears throat> I saw this young couple. I don't know if they were, if they are a couple. It was a boy and a girl, and um, talking to each other. And it, it could be like, uh, maybe they didn't know each other that well yet. Maybe they wanted to be a couple. Maybe they are having a talk. It's this is a lot. There's a lot of um, potential in this in this one picture. If you take. You should take your time to look at it. And that's, that's one of the things I always tell people. When you look at pictures, I know we're on the internet. I know things browse by. If there's a picture where you think, oh, this is a good one, maybe. Take your time and really explore the picture. Mm-hmm. And this is also one of the reasons why I do print most of my work. Or oh, the you, do? I, you uh, do? Yeah, definitely. I print yeah. all of my pictures, which I like. They don't hit the internet usually before they didn't uh, uh, go through the printer and have been sitting on my shelf for at least a week. Really, really? And I, need to, I need to see this picture, I need to walk by it, and then I need to see if, if, if it still feels right. And w- when you have a printed picture, you take a lot more time. I mean, you go to a museum, you take a lot more time if, if you're interested in the, Whatever the painter or the, the the photographer has captured, and you usually take more time to explore it. It's 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 also more haptical feeling. There's more to explore. Even the paper There's so many different kind of papers. You see more depth and structure. And that's one of those pictures where if you if you look closely, I think you can find a story. Now now I'm telling the story, and I usually don't like to do this. I'm also always hesitant to give my photos a title, because um, that's one of the things that I really enjoy is to see people looking at my pictures and making up a story for themselves i mean here it's obvious the eyes looking at this couple and on the right side of the couple there's even another camera so it could also be a Orwellish 1984 <laughs> kind of meaning to it this is there's, there's a lot hidden in this picture and, and i'm just hoping that people do take the time to to look at it and just um, yeah let their imagination flow
1: so so tell I, I, me oh go ahead, Tommy. Okay, I, I just yeah, before we move on from that picture, I just have to acknowledge too the the symmetry, you know, is is really remarkable. The the way the the roof of of the building and and the floor kind of mirror each other. And then there's that white kind of like semicircular line that just kind of, you know holds everything the gaze of the eyes on the back of the bus and again it's sort of just kind of aesthetic elements of this image that i think think lifted beyond the ordinary you know so i guess i'm just echoing echoing what you were saying marco that some images you really just want to sit with and uh, and take them in and appreciate all the the different
2: elements I'm very thankful to the architect uh, who, <laughs> who designed yeah. this. And may, may, maybe I should find out who uh, uh, architect uh, who was the architect for this bus stop, and maybe send him a, a print uh, just just to be thankful. Because I'm I'm always thankful if if an architect. Did take the time to really think through that this will. I mean, it also looks good. It's lit. It's it's a little bit dark already. It's 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 dusk and uh, it's it's dawn. I think uh, in the evening and um, um, it was it, it was really shining. It was the light was just perfect. You couldn't just walk. Past, I'm sure both of you would have stopped there too because it was just it was just one of those scenes you can't walk past.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great idea to send it to the architect. I I took a picture of an angel outside the Cathedral of Saint John the Divine, and I just loved this image. And one day I just tracked down the artist and sent it to him just electronically. You know, a print would have been even nicer, but you know, he was he was touched and it was cool. You know, to then kind of establish that connection to another person whose creativity is part of the image
0: i'm thinking that you're going out looking for shots are you going out waiting for something to happen are you walking around i mean are you what what's going on when you're shooting is it's is it just you bring your camera with you everywhere you go or are you deliberately going out and shooting
2: both but yeah. i always bring my camera with me yeah. because <laughs> street photography is like it's like a stage out there and every day there's a different play playing yeah. and if you don't have your camera with you you're gonna miss a lot of these special moments so definitely this is one advice I always give everyone get a camera that you feel comfortable with that you can carry with you take it along with you because these moments you, ah, ah, I should have I could have this just doesn't, uh, yeah. Yeah. doesn't doesn't work if you don't have your camera with you so that that's the most important and then I think what I read in in your question is a little bit, do I go out on purpose at a certain time, a certain day, to a certain place, that would be really the exception usually i yeah. do go out i do have an idea so if I, if i just of course if i'm commuting um, the uh, the the route i'm taking is pretty much determined by where i need to go of course if i go one place often i do switch um, subway lines around a little bit just to see something different for for myself too but since since uh, i do carry camera with me always i've i've made the point of also switching routes sometimes taking a different route uh, home so so you're but, mostly on the go then? Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm mostly yeah. on the go and I would say, okay, now you know, I have a half day off to, to – you know, this is my photography day. Then, um, yeah, I, I, I will pick a certain area in town. Of course, I will look how's the weather. Is it good for outside or should I look for places that uh, are covered uh, from from rain? But if it's sunny, um, it's pretty much – yeah, just, just choose where to go and, of course, where, where people are. You have to go. And Hamburg is the second largest city in Germany after Berlin. And um, 1.8 million people living in the city and taking all the city limit and surroundings, it's about 4 million people. So it's wow. uh, always enough going on.
0: So it's, it's about the size of Brooklyn. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah. It's
2: probably, probably the size of the block of the street. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think it's interesting, Marco, that you know how you said like sometimes you'll just take a different route home. I, I you know, that to me is such a great kind of takeaway for anybody getting into street shooting because part of what you want to do is just sort of see things with fresh eyes and maybe just, you know, take that side street that you don't normally take. And, and, and that tends to be when things happen, especially when you're, you know, when you're alert. But if you intentionally just take that extra step of putting yourself someplace a little less familiar where you might be Paying more attention, be more observant, and just see something you've never seen before.
0: Yeah, and I was going to add to that, like, even not just for street photography, but, like, no matter where you go, it's very hard to get lost these days if you've got a smartphone and a GPS. And so taking that road that you don't often go on, you know, taking yeah. – if you're going on a trip and you're just saying, well, let me just find out where this goes, you know, the the adventure of trying to find something new. But, Marco, I, I, I get that by taking – I, I take a typical route every day, and and this idea of like, wow, well, what if I get off at this train stop? What's going to happen? You know, and it's like it's almost like a miracle happens. It's like you've never seen this before, and you're seeing it with new eyes.
2: Yeah, and maybe you see, maybe that's a really good corner where the light is better on that day because that's also one of the things we are fairly far north up here. Uh-huh um so you know in the summertime you have a lot more light in the wintertime you have less light and um uh, season changes and the sun's changing so much that it's really hard to get um like in three months time to get a similar shot that Mm. i i I don't try to redo shoots i'm not interested when i have covered one scene and i've got a good image then i I don't need to do this exact uh, thing again but there was one shot that i've tried to do in analog which i've done digital and I even waited to December, to that day in December, to go there. And there was no sun on that day. So I just couldn't uh, do it. It really? needed, needed to be low at a certain angle. And it was a very narrow street. And when the sun is just right at about 1.30 p.m., then, you
1: know, <laughs> yeah. So I, I,
2: You it's, know, I was uh, noticing
0: in your pictures, and it just clicked, that uh, you're so far north. And you, you've got a lot of long shadows in your shots yeah, when you've got yeah. sun. And I was like, I'm oh, yeah. thinking, oh, it didn't even occur to me. Like, oh, yeah, right. You must be the long shadows make a lot of sense and 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 they're very exciting
2: um, the long hard shadows because yeah, when yeah. you have it in the evening they they, they soften up usually and um, yeah. no that's that's something each each location has has their uh, special good and bad things so you just focus on the good stuff and make make the most out of it yeah.
0: so let me ask you this we're street shooters the three of us we we like to talk to other people who are not street shooters one thing that's occurring to me in a lot of your pictures is you've got a human element in, in your shot, most often people, small, large, and stuff like that. But do, do you find that as an important part of taking not only a street shot, but taking a picture? I mean, it, there's not one right answer or wrong answer, but I just noticed that you always seem to have a human element in it. And so I don't know. What do you got to say about that?
2: Mm, I guess for me, it is for me doing street photography, it is important. I do look for the human element, but that's not necessarily what street photography needs to be i, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not the gatekeeper there's enough gatekeepers out on the internet telling us what street photography should be and what it shouldn't be <laughs> basically go out take your camera and, and capture what's interesting to you that's street photography and it doesn't have to have a person and i i, I have taken pictures too without people um I, i'm not sure if i've uh, shown any of those on my website yeah i can't even tell i'm i'm do you know? No, <laughs> no I don't know. No, I think I think in most of those, there's, yeah, uh, mostly
1: you have, you have yeah, you mostly you have some, yeah, Sometimes they're small. Always.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, people, a, but yeah.
0: Sorry, I was gonna say, in a human element doesn't necessarily mean to actually have a human being in it. I mean, having something that's that's representative of human as well.
2: Yeah, like like um, these these uh, murals um, on the walls. That's often right, like right. Uh, people that that can be. No, to me. Um, often to me that is what tells the story in the image and i I do try to have a little bit of a story like like i said earlier i know that that, that you can make up your story what does this person do now and i do show a a human element but i hardly ever show faces recognizable faces now i could tell you that i'm just doing that because it's so super arty and it's so difficult to get a good picture with a person on it where you can't see uh, the face and it enhances your creativity, so you can think of your own story. That's basically um, what happened, or what, what the, the way I I ended up doing street photography because of the legal situation that we have in Germany.
0: Oh, is there? Is there? Yeah,
2: <laughs> there is, and I'm one of the poster childs uh, having a problem with that and trying to trying to change some rules and laws and what is it? In a nutshell, what is it? Created some, some acceptance for this. In general, it is um, even in public, each person has the right to privacy when it comes to publishing a likeness of that person. Really? So you're going on the street, you take a picture of someone, um, you publish it online or print it or whatever, and uh, you do run the danger that this person is going to sue you. Um, And you have to pay the lawyer fee and you have to take the picture down. You can never show it again. So basically,
0: um,
2: this is a threat or this is a law that we're living with. This is more than 100 years old and um, that that we have to deal with. And um, there's an exception for documentary in a certain way, but that doesn't really... It's really difficult to to go because even the newspapers sometimes don't show faces of people. They just put a black bar over over eyes if, if they mm-hmm. take pictures of, of suspects or something. It's it's really, these privacy laws are really kind of crazy over here. And um, so basically, um, the only way you can try to get around it is if you, there's a freedom of art here. And if you can, if you can show that it's art, then you might be okay. So... Mm-hmm. It's certainly a line that we're balancing on and I'm trying to, I, I think if you look at my portfolio or if, if, if a judge would look at my portfolio, I think you could say this is more art than uh-huh. uh, just snapshots of, of people on the street. And although on some pictures you could recognize the person and that would be enough um, to yeah, to file suit against me. but fortunately it hasn't happened yet but yeah. this is one of the dangers that we're living with. So basically the the style of street photography that I focused on is more, is more being created by, by, laws, by laws and, yeah. and, and rules than, than really the way that I would have. If, if I would have the chance, um, and I do do it sometime, but I don't publish those, I'm, I'm thinking the documentary aspect of, of uh, contemporary society is such an important point, and I really envy you guys for, for being uh, well, for having the right in, in, in the U.S. to don't generally— Don't envy us
0: yet, because there's some state, and I can't remember where, that's trying to pass a similar law that uh, you can't photograph in pu- you can't photograph a person in public and they were saying well how is that going to affect other states or if a person in that state photographs a person in another state and, but mean, that
2: was in Arkansas right I think mm-hmm. so yeah yeah th- th- that has been uh, dropped by the governor yeah. don't, don't but, worry. I
0: mean still I mean it's a, it's a lunatic kind of law and uh, we're having all these problems with the photographing yeah. police yeah. and stuff like that
2: so. yeah 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 yeah, you're, good, okay. you're fighting a good yeah. fight, but, Marco. But, but yeah, I'm 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 i really I'm, if if you let me get out my soapbox, I'll, I'll jump on it. Any, I just did it this weekend <laughs> um, because people here say, "Yeah, but it's my image, and I don't want to be." And I said, "People, you know, it's it's not about you. Street photography is not stalking. It's not paparazzi work. It's just a magical moment. You just happen to be there, and the artist, the photographer, saw right. something in that moment and." I'm sorry, it's not about you. It could have been anyone. Right. Um, of course, if the person dresses in a nice way or something, yeah, <laughs> that, no, that helps. No. But it's really, if I would have the chance, I would uh, really do this more on a, on a documenting um, today's society for future generations of how was life in 2015 in Hamburg. Huh. That's something uh-huh. that I would like to do. And I feel that I'm restricted by laws. Can't yeah. do that. And one day, one day we'll be sorry, or our, our future generations will be sorry. Yeah, that, and on, uh, on the, the sure. scale of offenses,
0: street photography is really low. There, I mean, it's you know, you know, we're not really bothering people. We're not. I don't know. It's, it's one of these hassles that we're, we're all sort of. Fighting. You know,
2: it's it's not like I don't understand yeah. that uh. someone has a problem with having their picture taken. I mean, if, if they say you you can publish the picture if the person agrees to to um uh, to the picture but seriously i mean first of all when when i know i'm my, my picture's taken i freeze up i can only do one face. my wife is always upset it's like oh try something no i always freeze up i'm, I'm horrible in front of the camera most a lot of people are like that and if you if you go on uh, you, digital you can do it with analog obviously you can't but if you go with a digital camera and go to I'm sorry I just took your picture you were walking over the street and the dog was looking and this was really funny situation can I show you the picture is it okay if I publish it nine out of ten times well maybe different in the US but people will say oh no I don't like my hair i don't right, oh, right, i'm not right. wearing yeah. the right you know then you start uh, basically restricting or censoring this work and this is not the way art works so yeah. i'm getting off my soap yeah, and, it's okay. this opportunity
0: <laughs> well actually to, to go back you were you were saying about the story of the pictures the one picture that really one of your pictures that really strikes me is this one of a man walking and there's some graffiti on the wall and you were talking about using um stuff in your frame to frame the picture this is very much a lot of triangles and stuff but i mean you've got this graffiti and you've got this man and and what's the story behind that picture i'm
2: trying to it says rip oz yeah it.
0: yeah what's going on
2: that's um that's a picture i took with an analog camera and um you mean film film with a, sorry yeah with a film <laughs> no, i was like <laughs> what's film, film? film. <laughs> film yeah, everybody film.
0: out there there's this thing called film that people still shoot with by the way <laughs> Yeah,
2: so um, there was a scene where yeah the graffiti, uh, rip, Oz. Um, basically, it's a story. I, I I saw this, I saw this scene, and I was there. I was actually waiting for a couple of minutes for someone to, to walk by, because uh, Oz or the person who sprayed this, Ozy, this Oz uh, was a sprayer. He's lived in Hamburg since the mid '90s. And he was spraying his tag, his oz, all over the city, and it was quite controversial because he was seeing himself as an artist. Mm-hmm. While a lot of people who he sprayed up on their walls, they were they were going after him with the police, and he was in jail for many years. So, but but he was totally passionate about this this spraying. And um, just before I took this picture, about a week before, he um, was spraying on the on the rail tracks. He was spraying at the the rail cars, and um, he got run over, and he died. So, the whole sprayer community from Hamburg went out that week and uh, put those RIP Oz tags uh, to honor him a little bit. And um, so I saw the scene and I thought, okay, this is a moment in time. I want to document this for my kids because this guy has been around long and these tags are going to be around probably for another 10, 20 years. So I saw the scene. I said, okay, now I need someone to walk by just to give the human element. And there was this guy just walking by on his lunch break bowed head a little bit and he looked sad he was probably just thinking but uh-huh. i captured yeah. in a moment where where it looked like he's seen this or he, he didn't spray it, but it could have been that this guy sprayed it to, to come back to my telling stories or making uh-huh. up stories. Maybe he sprayed and he was really sad and he, he walks away f- with a bowed head from the scene. So this is something that, to me, was very important to to capture. And I'm really happy it turned out, even though it was on film. <laughs> <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter, does it? No, it doesn't matter.
0: No, but uh, I mean, I'm just struck by the complexity of the, the composition, too, and there's a lot of geometry to it as well and then there's these you know the human human being and the human element of the graffiti too amongst all this hard kind of unfeeling walls and floors and stuff like that but uh, very very great use of uh, geometry and framing i think in that picture too and just the balance of it as well
2: and another architect i have to be very thankful for
0: (laughs) (laughs) it looks like a lot of cement too
2: it's just it is totally it is all cement
0: Actually, let me ask you this, since we're we're the switch to manual guys, <laughs> <and> we talk <laughs> about this all the time. Part of what we do is teach people how to use the manual controls of the camera because everybody's sort of wondering like why their cameras aren't taking the pictures they want. So we try to show them how to do that. So the question we have to ask, which we ask, we plan to ask all of our guests, is that do you shoot in manual?
2: Often. I Often, do. yeah. Of that. Um, especially my my analog cameras are are um, analog uh, Leica M rangefinders, so all I have is a, a exposure, uh, a, sh- a shutter time, um, aperture, and manual focus. That's it. There's there's no more to it. And um, I, I did separate my portfolio on on my website between analog and digital. Just just to let the viewer know maybe if if the consistency of the image quality is a little bit different or the look is a little bit different because uh, I think uh, for me I can tell um, I develop my film myself and uh, I scan it myself so I know how it turns out and I have an extreme high consistency on on my black and white um, analog Mm. um, pictures and that's all there is to it and I must say For anyone who thinks, oh, it's crazy, how can you shoot film in these days? And I'm not even going to start about uh, megapixel size, sharpness, gray, natural looking, not natural looking. I'm not even going to start that because everyone should find their own style and what they're happy with. But what's most refreshing to me is, especially even the digital cameras that I use, is there's only three things on this camera. And I don't, you know, I, I just set the shutter time, I measure my scene, I set the shutter time, I focus on on the the dot i i I use the aperture that that's appropriate for the shutter time that i need or for the depth of field uh, i want in the scene and that's it and from there i just i can totally concentrate on the on the the picture i don't have to see if there's any arrow pointing if i'm if the camera thinks that i'm over or underexposing no blinking nothing (laughs) it's just i know it's okay i measured it the sun or the shadow, or whatever, is about the same. Of course, you have to compensate if, if the light changes while you're waiting or before you take the shot. But that's it. I can completely dive into this scene and just wait for the right time. And when I took the picture, I don't even have to feel uneasy about it because I can't check anyway. It's it's there. I've taken it. I hope I did the best job that I can. It's amazing, really, how you have a roll of 36 exposures. It's amazing how high your keeper rate can be. You really, really, really focus on the scene, and of course, you need a little bit the, the technical background. But film is extremely forgiving, so you can't really go too wrong mm. on that. You can, you can be like two stops off; it's, yeah. it's not gonna kill it. So. And
1: and Marco, what camera are are you using when as you're describing this? You know,
2: shooting in film. The the film cameras. Yeah,
1: uh-huh. yeah.
2: mostly well, for street photography, I mostly use. Uh, um, Leica m 2 M2, M3, and M6 camera. I'm 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 a big fan of one lens, one camera. And when I wanted another focal length with my Leica, I had to buy another body because it wouldn't have worked otherwise. And then the M3 is only goes uh, 50 millimeters or higher. So um, and 50 is the longest that I would ever use. And and so I got the Leica M3 for the 50, and I use the M2 usually for 21. And um, the M6 for my 35 millimeter lens. Uh huh, nice. What about digital? What's the meaning? My, 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 my digital machine? is not a Leica. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's really split because they're so expensive. If it's just a status symbol of it's a good camera, I would like to try one of the new monochrome cameras i think that would really? be interesting really? just to, yeah i would like oh. to try it right. if if, if like i would give me one for a week uh, just to see how it differs from from the film results and and they do even make one i think not not a, a black and white one but a color one where it doesn't have a, a lcd display so you don't uh-huh. see anything so it's just like the old the old feeling so it's it's it's, it's just that one is even more expensive anyway um, i'm currently using the fuji x 100 series cameras mm-hmm. for my everyday cameras, and I also have a Fuji X Pro one for my digital um, more versatile camera if I need different focal length so
0: th- this is where we're we're in the same ballpark, Marco like you know that's how I met you online at least through Twitters the our common use of the Fuji camera um, mm-hmm. and I've said it a bunch of times on here how the Fuji camera has sort of changed me in some way. So we were talking about that earlier, I think, in the previous episode, but, you know, gear has some play in this. I mean, it's not like to go off and say, I need to buy a better camera because it's going to make me take better pictures. But gear does have some some influence. You know, were talking about being influenced by laws. Gear has an influence on sort of the way we're shooting. And, and you talk about an everyday camera. For me, the, the Fuji cameras happen to be a, such a great thing to carry around all the time. And it really opened up my eyes to a certain way of shooting. So... Uh, i'm wondering if you've experienced that or what made you go to a, to a, to a fuji style camera i mean
2: what was it absolutely um on the on the last show i think i talked about liking to use uh, rangefinder cameras right right um, and yeah. for the reason to, that i you know everything that i explained seeing the scene better and everyone anyone who's not uh, heard it please go back and <laughs> listen yeah. to that show <laughs> um and and, and fuji uh, fuji was never really on my... I knew Fuji for film, but I've never had a Fuji camera before um, they announced, um, I think in 2010, uh, it was 2010 or 2012, yeah. the, um, the X100. And I, I was looking for a smaller camera. I had the 5D Mark II back then. And I told you that I was doing less street photography because right, it was just right. too big. I didn't have it with me all the time. And I was looking for a smaller camera. But I was looking for a smaller camera that worked like the old rangefinder cameras that I was used to. And when Fuji uh, showed this, I was like, this is the camera this is uh, the aperture ring is where it should be on the lens um, you have exposure dial right there and um, it, it looked like the camera the way I wanted to use it and um, so I was one of the very first one fortunately uh, who got one of the original X 100's and um, the really? camera was great right. The image quality was great uh, that was a little bit over four years ago but the first firmware was simply Horrible! <laughs> it just didn't work. So I was so frustrated because the camera was great, but there was some things that really didn't let me take the pictures that I wanted to. Because just close focus distance before you have to switch to macro was 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 yeah. too long, and you have to push five buttons before you got there and switch back. And it was it was a really hate love relationship back then. And so I wrote long letters to to the uh, Fuji reps. Um said you know great camera but please change this 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 and i think a lot of people did it back then and um and they funny listened. thing was they listen I mean, yeah they're funny listening thing was they they yeah. did and they yeah. did change a lot of things and they, they the, the the fuji x100 the original one was was upgraded so many times and it, it, it was like three times a new camera with with a big firmware updates that they did so it was amazing so i felt like uh, not only was the camera piece of hardware that I wanted to carry with me to do the photography that I wanted to do but also it was a company that um, did something that I've never experienced being a Canon user for many, many years before Um, it never happened, they would switch firmware when there was something seriously broken after the the camera Mm. (laughs) hit the market, okay the 5D Mark II I think with the video stuff that surprised them a little bit too that that people wanted to use it for that I think they did a few firmware updates for the video but I'm not a video guy for for me none of my cameras needs to have uh, photo cameras needs to have video so I couldn't care less but I wasn't used to that listening and giving upgrades and features without making you buy the new camera a new camera so that's um, one of the reasons why I stuck to Fuji I like their cameras I like the lenses on the X-Pro1 they have some fantastic glass and um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that they will develop this, and I'm hoping that they will, especially do the rangefinder line. You know, yeah, they have the X-T1 yeah. now, which is more like a DSLR competitor. Don't really care for that, but I hope that, that a the potential X-Pro2 um, will be a little bit more like my manual Leicas, hopefully.
0: Yeah, I don't think their their rangefinders are going away, but uh, they're doing a good job. And I just wanted to ask you because I just saw that you. I mean, relatively recent. you became a Fuji X photographer. What does that mean? What is that exactly?
2: Yeah, I think it was actually a little bit over a year ago. Oh, it's a year um, ago, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little bit over a year ago. Right. I'm an official X photographer, which basically means that Fuji contacted me at some time and, and said, um, mm-hmm. you know, we like your work. Uh, would you like to become one of our official X photographers? We would feature you on our website. And I said, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> so, so um, yeah, it's it awesome. my portfolio. Yeah, I'm that's looking, super
1: cool. You know, yeah.
2: So um, I'm one of seven official X photographers, but I do buy my cameras myself. So just just uh, to be clear, <laughs> I would give you full disclosure, but uh, I'm buying my stuff myself, and and uh, um, this is just some way of Fuji. I, I guess you know I've been I've been pretty active uh, on Twitter and on the community, and I have a blog called the Fuji X Files where I basically just explain show what these cameras can do and giving some tips and tricks um, of how to operate them better because a lot of people who switched back then from the first uh, DSLR to a mirrorless were a little bit struggling with some of the things like like uh, um, autofocus oh. you have to work a little bit different yeah. than, and that really helped me with my all my analog experience because I was used to uh, understanding basically a contrast autofocus um, works a little bit like our our um, uh rangefinder cameras you have to just find an edge to align to. Right. And right. it has to be at a certain certain angle. So um that helped me. And a lot of people who never experienced that and always had a great autofocus in their Nikon or uh, Canon cameras. They they were frustrated from day one and a lot of people return it. I said, no people don't return it. Just try this and try that. And so trying to be helpful out there. And um in the beginning I just did it to to help people and I wanted to make sure that Fuji is, is successful with these cameras because I really Really wanted them to keep on developing them, but I think I don't have to worry about that anymore.
0: No, I think I think we're all set with that. And um, so we're we're running out of time here. And there was just one more question I think I want to
2: ask you to sort of
0: sum up about because it's mostly about your work and what people can take away with it. But what it, what is it that you want? What would you like the people who look at your work to take away from it?
2: Well, since this is more of a fine art than documenting everyday life, it's really I want people to look at my images and take the time and make a story up they make up a story. what happened there kind of like taking one frame out of a picture we, you know antonio you you you're a camera guy, you're doing a lot of films, so you, mm. you you know that much better than than I do and for me, it was always the magic in photography was that you have one frame, so make it count <laughs> and mm. and try to. You can't tell a whole story in a picture, but I mean, look, look at a lot of the the great influential pictures um, that uh, document certain mo- moments in history. It's one picture and this picture tells such a strong story. So I, I'm trying to tell stories in my pictures, although they are not changing the world, but just everyday stuff. So, yeah, I, I just hope people take time and, and uh, look and um, maybe, yeah, think of a little story what happened there.
0: Taking the time, yeah. that's great
1: thank you so much Marco again it's really a pleasure and uh, let's uh, remind people where they can see your images
2: yeah on my on my website that's the best place to go which is um, my website Marco that's M-A-R-C-O Larousse L-A-R-O-U-S-S-E dot com all written together and um, on Twitter I'm at Hamburg Cam Hamburg like the city and Cam C-A-M like a camera that's where they can find me. Great. And one last advice: people always take your camera with you.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> the worst thing is that when you're walking down the street and you're like, "I see something, I oh.
2: should take a picture." Okay. With. Sorry, I need to. I need to expand this. Take your camera with you and always have it ready in your hand. It doesn't do you any good in your bag. <laughs> if you're a street photographer with a camera in your bag, you're actually a landscape or architecture photographer.
1: <laughs> like well that. said.
0: <laughs> yeah. Marco this is great it was awesome that you could be our our first guest and it was uh, I, maybe not the last maybe we can have you on again because
1: like, yeah you have, have to come to New York and do some shooting where uh, the laws are a little more relaxed <laughs>
2: oh uh, not that was just an invitation and it's on air so <laughs> yeah <laughs> I sent you my, my data to to uh, organize a trip for me
0: okay <laughs> cool Marco was great we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here but uh, thanks so much for coming on.
2: I really enjoyed it, and if you ever want to have me back, I'm more than happy to come.
0: Absolutely, we're gonna—you know—next Fuji camera comes out, next thing comes out, we're gonna
2: call you first. But we don't want to talk so much about gear.
0: No, but we gotta <laughs> talk a little bit. Of, you know, yeah, yeah. A little yeah.
2: Bit. yeah. But the those next
0: Fuji, those Fujis are cool. I gotta
1: say, yeah. I don't and I don't have one, so I no, no, totally you gotta get unbiased. one. Biased.
0: And believe me, there's a lot more questions I want to ask you about your work, but uh, we'll right. save that for the next time. Okay.
1: All right, everybody, that was uh,
0: quite something to. Uh, Great to have Marco on, and you can find us at our website, which is switch2manual.com. We have um, lots of uh, fun stuff going on there. We get the, our photo walks and classes, so check us out there. If you have any questions or comments, send us uh, email at info@switch2manual.com. At you can also find us on Twitter. It's a good place to find uh, ask questions and comments. Our Twitter address is at switch the number two manual, so switch to manual. Uh, we got a Google Plus community starting. Please join us there. It's a great place to share pictures. Um, so check for us on uh, Google. Switch to manual. And we're Facebook people as well. We like the little blue thumbs up. So check our site out. Give us thumbs up. And if uh, you get us through iTunes, please send uh, comments and reviews on iTunes. I know that helps us out somehow. Well, maybe Apple will give us a lot of money and some iPods and stuff <laughs> like that. All right, Tom? So we can just... That'd be more, nice. We can, yeah. we can use more free gear. We don't have any free gear. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think that's it for uh, this week. This was our 17th episode, so we're on a roll.
1: Wow! Thank, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, and uh, that's it. So we'll see you later. Adios.